Hello and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Ewan Lawson. In this episode, we talk to Dr. Jilly Mraz, who's a postdoctoral researcher at the University of Oxford, and Professor Trish Greenhouse from the Nuffield Department of Primary Care Health Sciences at Oxford University as well. The title of the paper is Changing Media Depictions of Remote Consulting in COVID-19 Analysis of UK Newspapers. And you can find the link to that in the show notes, of course. Okay, so remote consulting has changed UK general practice overnight, practically, resulting in new barriers to access and levels of care. And this study explored how the change was portrayed in national newspapers over time. This study builds on a 2017 BJGP paper from Ellie Barry and Trish about media depictions of GP. And first of all, I asked Trish to tell us a little bit more about that paper and its findings, given its important background to this one. I've been quite interested in how the media portray general practice and GPs uh, for some time. And uh, just a couple of years ago, one of my PhD students, who is also a GP, looked at about 400 articles about GPs uh, and compared those with a, a smaller sample of articles about hospital doctors. And the hospital doctors were always the heroes. They were always the good guys. And the hospitals were the ones that were working hard. And the GPs were the ones that were depicted as perhaps a bit lazy, perhaps a bit ignorant, a bit slow on the uptake, that kind of thing. Uh, and of course, when we had the COVID pandemic and we went over to remote, this was the biggest change in general practice since 1948 when the NHS began. And so the question was, what did the media say about it? You know, were they going to carry on being negative or were they going to be positive about GPs? Uh, so, so uh, yeah, we decided to have a look at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really important background to this. And there's not been a lot of studies so far looking at those kind of media representations, but it hasn't been entirely positive so far. So Jilly, maybe I could bring you in and you can tell us a little bit more about exactly what you did in this study. Yeah. So for this paper, we thought we'd look at how the shifts to remote GP consultations were actually portrayed in the media. Um, so our main time period was looking from March until May. So as the pandemic was you know, declared a pandemic and when the UK was going to lockdown. Um, so that was our first data set. Um, we sampled, I think it was 137 articles or so. So quite a few, not quite as many as Ellie did on her paper, but still a sizable number. Um, and then we decided to compare it with um, some articles published later on in the year, at the end of July and beginning of August, which is around the time that Matt Hancock announced that all remote consultations, well, they should be remote by default, essentially. Um, so, yeah, we wanted to see how remote consultations were portrayed at the beginning of the pandemic and then what was being said about them around the time of Matt Hancock's announcement. Yeah, so lots of papers for a relatively short time frame. And I understand that you looked at um, you looked at broadsheets, tabloids, and even publications marketed to black and minority ethnic groups as well. Yeah, so um, we wanted to get a good range just to see, you know, exactly what was being said to the various different socioeconomic and ethnic groups as well. Um, and for the most part, actually, we found that there was a pretty good consensus across most of them. Um, in the first phases, that generally they were fairly positive about remote consultation, saying, you know, this is a good thing given that we're in the middle of a crisis. Um, and the main things that they were saying was that it's going to improve safety, you know, stop the, or at least slow the spread of the virus, and also it's pretty convenient as well. Um, so yeah, things are generally looking quite good at the beginning. Um, later on, however, after that handbook announcement, uh, things took a bit of a turn. Um, people are a lot less positive about remote consultations. Um, and we suspect this is because when the announcement was made, uh, 
lockdown had essentially lifted by this point. People are now allowed to go out for non-essential purposes. So there just seems to be a bit of a mismatch between the announcement that all competition should be remote by default and the fact that people are allowed outside again to sort of, you know, recommend for their ordinary lives. So, yeah, it was just a bit of a mismatch and it was quite interesting to see how the two were portrayed. It was a really interesting, it's a really interesting time point to take it because there's that clear split, wasn't there, um, from, and you know, very much defined by the Secretary of State, Matt Hancock's announcement about remote by default. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it was just fascinating to see just, just how things had shifted. So originally things were positive and then suddenly it wasn't necessarily an attack on remote consultation. People were still saying that, you know, they're convenient and actually for simple ailments, they are really useful. However, um, once people had more experience with them, more issues came to light. For example, you know, they're not useful for blood tests or vaccinations or more intimate things like mental health concerns or gynecological exams. You know, you need to be a practitioner for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And there was some really interesting, we should go a little bit more into those themes at the start. Although you said it was quite positive at the beginning, the themes um, unpicked, un, sort of uncovered some other interesting little areas as well about the depictions of technology as well. It was one thing that I noticed in this paper that actually, and it fits very much with what Trish was saying there about perhaps that negative press for GPs. Even though people thought that the remote consultations and the digital technology were a good idea, it was a digital technology that was taking the credit, perhaps, rather than the GPs. Yeah, absolutely. So what we identified was that technology and um, sort of healthcare technology firms, the ones that actually provide remote consultations, they, are the, they were the ones that were getting all the credit. They were the ones that were going to help GPs to save lives. And so without them, GPs essentially would have been useless, unfortunately. Um, at least that's what was being depicted. Um, so that's what we found, at least in the first data set. There were so many articles that were talking about the various healthcare technology firms out there. Um, but in the second data set, they, there was a really big silence around them. I think they were mentioned once or twice just in passing. But actually, what was now happening was that people were talking about, Matt Hancock was saying that we should be using things like WhatsApp and Zoom. There's sort of more generic technology that most people use anyway. Um, so that was quite interesting that technology was no longer the hero, but just something that could help GPs. And a lot of the agency was actually returned to GPs in this time frame. Yeah, so that's encouraging in that side. There was that very much that narrative, as you describe in the paper, of these kind of entrepreneurial technologies that were going to kind of who were leaping in to save us. Uh, another theme that's really worth us mentioning, and Trish might have some thoughts on this as well, it was about talking about the metaphors that were used, Trish, in this about war and revolution. Well, very much so. And I think the thing about the period from March to May is, look, I'm pretty old now and I have never known a period like it when everybody was pulling together in a crisis. It must. It, it was very similar to what it must have been like in a war or, or, or something like that. Uh, and actually, the war metaphor was very, very prominent and that we were all fighting a war against the virus. And I think if I compare this study to the study that Ellie Barry did, which was published in BJGP a couple of years ago, um, there wasn't a sense of pulling together, it was GPs versus hospital doctors, you know, it was, it, it was sort of very much the sort of mundane day-to-day NHS in which GPs just were depicted as underperforming, whereas this time there's a war on and the enemy is con- coronavirus and GPs are the troops and 
the great kind of warrior hero, new technology is going to come along and save us. Have I got that right, Julie? Because you know the data better than me. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we definitely found in quite a few articles that this theme of war was pretty prominent. But actually, the thing that I found most interesting was while in the first time period, you know, we saw it quite a lot. In the second time period, it disappeared from the narrative. It was as though the media were saying that the war against coronavirus had already been won. And yet, I found this quite surprising because in Matt Hancock's speech, he actually mentioned the war against coronavirus quite a few times. Um, and yet, it was absent in the media. So that was quite interesting to see what the media actually wanted to talk about and what it decided just to you know, put under the rug, as it were. Yeah, it's fascinating. I, and it perhaps reflects our experience, as Trish was saying there, about that kind of initial period where it was just you know, an absolutely remarkable period of a few months. But yet that once that lockdown ended, that a lot of those metaphors sort of seeped away, that kind of those depictions of technology eased off as well. And kind of the whole, and it's really interesting to read the paper and see how that narrative, how you've very clearly demonstrated that narrative has changed at that point. One of the other things that were mentioned a lot, was mentioned a lot, was the need for rapid change in the NHS. That was the other one of the other themes that came out in this. There was quite a few comments there about perhaps portraying maybe general practice, but certainly the NHS as being a little bit, you know, kind of um, uh, reluctant to embrace uh, something that was new and a little bit inefficient. I think that's right. And if I remember Matt Hancock's speech correctly, he, he used the expression sort of slipping back into bad old habits or something like that. Uh, and there, there was that wonderful piece um, published by Deborah Swinglehurst and a couple of other uh, GP professors, I think, in the BJGP um, about what really matters, because they were saying that, you know, Hancock was saying we could use technology to uh, free up GPs to do what really matters. And what they were saying is, hang on a minute, the consultation is what really matters. So I think... More generally, there's been quite a lot of commentary by GPs uh, about what's going on with remote. And of course, we've got a big um, research study going on at the moment uh, about remote by default. But the interesting thing uh, about this particular study of media depictions is that, that you know, the media were, were very closely reflecting what the GPs themselves were saying. Because I think at the beginning, uh, the GPs were also quite keen to go remote for obvious reasons because of infection control. And then when the announcement came that this was going to carry on indefinitely, the GPs were saying, wait a minute, <laughs> this isn't what we were trained for. Um, so in that, in that sense, I think that the media have done pretty well here. Yeah, there's unquestionably been a slew of articles um, around remote consulting and, you know, over these past few months. And obviously, and increasingly, the the, uh, the limitations of are being recognised. And well, I mean, I certainly being um, worried about, although we're clearly lacking research into exactly how many of them will impact on perhaps um, more vulnerable groups. Um, I wondered if you had any thoughts on how this should change things. What should we, what should we be doing differently? That What we know from this paper what should we be? What direction should we be going in? Gosh, that, that's an interesting one because actually this is a this is an article about media depictions, and actually I think in in the paper we talk about the way GPs interact with the media because of course if we want the media to cover general practice in a positive light or indeed just a neutral light, we've got to get our message right. And the message is not that remote consultations are good for everything or that they're bad for everything, but that they're 
are situations in which remote consultations are appropriate and situations in which they're not appropriate. And I think that is the message, uh, you know, nuanced message. And funnily enough, this morning before I made this uh, podcast, I've just been doing a big um, workshop where we're looking in more detail about when exactly is it appropriate to do what kind of remote consultation? Because actually this looked at phone and video, but but of course one of the things that's happening now in general practice is this huge rise in e-consultations <laughs> where you just send the GP an email. And I think, you know, the question of, you know, these are not good or bad. These are things that might be very, very useful, even life-saving sometimes. But uh, we have to get our message to the media uh, right, because otherwise, how can the media cover it uh, sensibly? Yeah. If I may quote your, you, the paper yourself, Trish, there, you said there's an urgent need to restore public trust in general practice in general. Obviously, that feeds into that. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, public trust in general practice, um, I don't know, in the, in the first period, I think the public was so caught up. We were all so caught up in the pandemic. Um, I'm not sure that people distinguished general practice from everything else that was going on um, because it was all remote. A lot of it was going through NHS 111. Uh, I suppose the GPs were running the hot hubs. Um, but in a sense, it was public trust in the NHS. Um, but then I think in the second period, where the media was starting to come up with these, you know, they even had one example of GP missed my cancer, which would have been picked up. Uh, there's a rather bizarre story of someone with a sore on their lip, which by video looked like a cold sore. <laughs> or, you know, it turned out that it was, it was a very rare uh, tumour. And I think that the lady did all right in the end, but, but it was a really very graphic example of what might go wrong. And so the narrative turns to the question of harm, um, and, and that, you know, that, that's something that needs to be covered. There needs to be public debate about these things. Jilly, mm-hmm. I wonder if I could get you to summarise the findings of this, of, the, of this paper of yours. Yes, I think the main thing that we found, I think I probably touched on this already, was just how at the beginning uh, the media seemed to depict remote consultations very positively. And I think that was echoing a lot of what GPs and other doctors and people were saying about them, how this is a good thing in the midst of a crisis. You know, we need this. Um, and ultimately the risks, you know, there are risks, as Trish was saying, but, you know, it's, we need patient safety. We don't want to spread coronavirus more than it's already spreading. Um, however, in the second data set and second period, the, the shift, there was a massive shift, essentially, you know, the, I think what the consensus was is that uh, patients and GPs should be able to choose the kind of service they want, you know, whether it's a remote consultation, whether it's an in-person consultation. Um, and I think that was made quite clear just at the backlash that Matt Hancock's speech had. Um, so, yeah, it's just a matter of choice, really. I think that's what we really found to the end of it. That's wonderful. Thank you very much, both of you. Thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research papers and articles can be found at bjgp.org. The show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. Do share if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe via all the usual places, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your podcaster of choice. Thanks again. Thanks again.